WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Christmas and New Year's will be busy times out on the roads in Michigan. AAA Michigan spokesperson Adrian Woodland tells us they're predicting 3.6 million Michigan residents will travel 50 miles or more, 3.3 of them, million of them by car. That's up from last year. We're expecting nearly 79,000 more drivers this year compared to last year. And that's still about the second highest on record, falling only behind 2019. Woodland says air travel is also going to be busy with 7.5 million travelers nationally, a record high. So if you are planning to fly, expect super busy airports. Again, some of the busiest Michigan's airports have been in about 20 years. Woodland says the busiest days on the road will be December 23rd, 28th, and 30th. She recommends making sure your car is in good shape before leaving. Also have an emergency a supply kit in your car in case you get stranded. Eight rural communities in Uganda will now have rainwater harvesting stations thanks in part to the Rotary Club of St. Joseph Benton Harbor. The Rotary says it raised funds and obtained matching grants to help the Welfare Organization for Orphans and Vulnerable Children install 6,000 liter tanks in the remote settlements that previously only got water by making trips on foot to an area an hour away. The Rotary Club of St. Joseph Benton Harbor made a donation of $3,000 to support the project. The funds were then matched by the Rotary Foundation and the Rotary District 6360 Foundation, making for $9,000 in support. A huge groundbreaking ceremony was held when the tanks were finished. The project manager reports one of the village elders told him, quote, if we saved all of our money for years, we could not accomplish this. The new year brings a new life for us. The teenage shooter of Oxford High School will spend the rest of his life in prison with no chance of parole. Oakland County Judge Kwame Rowe announced the decision for Ethan Crumbly last week after hearing five hours of victim impact statements from the parents of those killed. Rowe said the shooting created a new normal for all involved. Unfortunately, this is what the defendant wanted as he wrote in his journal. He wanted to see the impact of his crime, which is why he did not take his own life. Again, this goes back to the defendant's extensive planning. He chose not to die on that day because he wanted the notoriety. While he kept his head down for the victim impact statements, Crumbly did address the judge and apologize to the victims. He said he was a bad person and did terrible things. Berrien County Sheriff's Department Chief Deputy Greg Sanders has received advanced law enforcement training from the FBI. The Sheriff's Department says Sanders has graduated as a member of the 288th session of the FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia. The National Academy offers 10 weeks of advanced communication, leadership, and fitness training. The Sheriff's Department says fewer than 1% of police officers in the country get the chance to attend, and the ones who graduate typically are advanced to high positions within their departments. That's also true of Sanders, who will become the undersheriff on, on January 1st. That's just as Sheriff Paul Bailey retires and current undersheriff Chuck Height becomes the interim sheriff. Detroit police are investigating the death of a five-year-old who got a hold of an unsecured gun over the weekend. The shooting happened uh, just before 2 a.m. today at an apartment. And police Chief James White says five other children were home at the time of the shooting. They were left unsupervised. Parents not in the home. A weapon left on the dresser. Five-year-old gets the weapon, uh, playing with the weapon. Jumping up and down on a bed, turns the gun on himself and shoots himself uh, in the face and uh, died at the scene. Absolutely ridiculous, irresponsible, stupid, and unnecessary. The parents are in custody now. White calls the situation unacceptable. Michigan State Police in Niles are planning a special holiday get-together for this weekend. 
Trooper Holly Higgs with the Niles Post says they're welcoming the community to the Post on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon to meet Santa. We are just going to be hosting Santa Claus so all the kids can see Santa Claus, Dunkin' Donuts, and Niles is donated a bunch of donuts for us to be able to give out to the community. And every child that comes is going to receive a gift and just interact with police officers. Higgs says the Post held the same event last year and it was a big success. She says that state police hold it to give the community a chance to interact with them in a relaxed, cheerful setting. Everyone's invited to stop by. The Southwest Michigan Symphony Orchestra is planning its Lake Michigan Youth Winter Orchestra concert for this weekend. The symphony's Michelle Aggie tells us young people from all over the region play it in multiple groups. Uh, the winter concert is a chance for them to show off their training from the past year. These are pieces that they have been working on since school started. And you're going to have some holiday pieces in there as well as some from some classical composers. Aggie says that the show will be a mix of Christmas music and classics. The concert strings are going to be playing a piece. They start off with a piece by, called Dragon Hunter by Richard Meyer. And then they're going to also play Silver Bells and Here Comes Santa Claus by Gene Autry. The encore strings are going to perform Dance of the Toy Flutes by Tchaikovsky, as well as I'll Be Home for Christmas. Aggie says the event will provide concert goers with entertainment and a chance to relax from the hustle and bustle of the holidays. It'll also provide younger concertgoers inspiration to see other students perform at a high level. The show is set for 3 p.m. Sunday at the Howard Performing Arts Center in Berrien Springs. You can get tickets online, and we have a link at our website. And there's two weeks left before Christmas, but Vincenzo Vutaglio with Vutaglio Royal Tree Farm says they're still busy at his business. They expect to be busy for the next two weeks. He says to make sure you give your tree a fresh cut before getting it into the stand. Try to keep the tree any way away from a heat source, so heat vent, heat register. If it has to go there, try to shut off heat to that, uh, to that heat vent, whether it's from the basement or closing the heat vent and place a towel over it to prevent any heat. That heat will dry out the tree quicker than anything. So biggest thing is fresh cut, water, and keep it away from the heat. He also suggests getting the tree into the water within two hours of buying it. Also, always monitor the water level. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The Biden administration is defending its United Nations vote against an Israeli ceasefire in Gaza. More maybe sees Andy Field. The U.S. State Department explaining why it voted against a U.N. resolution demanding Israel stop its assault on Gaza. We think a ceasefire that would allow the leadership of Hamas that plotted and planned October 7th to continue to carry on in Gaza and plan future attacks is one that's unacceptable. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller saying the U.S. supports humanitarian aid, fighting pauses, and anything else to free the hostages Hamas kidnapped on October 7th. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Israel's defense minister pushed back against international calls to wrap up the country's military offensive in the Gaza Strip, saying the current phase of the operation against the Hamas terrorist group will take time. In an interview with the Associated Press, Yoav Gallant refused to commit to any firm deadlines, but he signaled the current phase could stretch on for weeks and that further military activity could continue for months to come. Israeli troops continued in fierce battles with Hamas fighters in the southern Gaza city of Khan Yunus and in northern Gaza. Saying they're worried that the case could drag on indefinitely, federal prosecutors are asking the Supreme Court to immediately take up an appeal in Donald Trump's federal election interference case. Or if maybe see Stephen Portnoy. The prosecutors say they know the request they're making is extraordinary, but they write this is an extraordinary case. 
Special Counsel Jack Smith's team is asking the justices to step in now, even before the D.C. Circuit Appeals Court hears arguments to decide whether Trump's claims have merit. He's arguing two things. One, that he's immune from prosecution because he was president at the time of the alleged offenses. And two, that he should be covered by double jeopardy because he was tried but not convicted in the Senate. Judge Tanya Chutkin ruled against Trump on both. Dozens of attacks on U.S. military facilities by Iran-backed factions in Iraq over the past two months have forced Baghdad into a balancing act that's becoming more difficult by the day. A rocket attack on the sprawling U.S. embassy in the Iraqi capital on Friday marked a further escalation as Iraqi officials scrambled to contain the ripple effects of the Israel-Hamas war. Iran holds considerable sway in Iraq, and a coalition of Iran-backed groups brought the prime minister into power in October of 2022. But the United States also has a military presence and significant political influence in Iraq as well. The prime minister's predecessors also had to walk a delicate line between Tehran and Washington. President Biden will meet with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky at the White House tomorrow. ABC's Karen Travers has details on why the White House says the trip comes at a critical time. The White House says Ukrainian President Zelensky's visit Tuesday gives President Biden a chance to get an update on Ukraine's war with Russia, discuss Ukraine's urgent needs, and the importance of continued support from the U.S. The administration has said it will run out of money and resources to give to Ukraine if Congress doesn't approve new funding by the end of the year. National Security Spokesman John Kirby on Air Force One. He will... Uh, make it clear to President Zelensky uh, that we're standing firm on this supplemental request. We absolutely need to get additional funding to support Ukraine. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Lawyers for two Georgia election workers have played audio recordings in a Washington courtroom of graphic and racist threats the two women received after Rudy Giuliani falsely accused them of fraud while pushing Donald Trump's baseless claims after the 2020 election. The recordings were part of the opening statements Monday in a federal case that will determine how much Giuliani might have to pay the women. The former New York City mayor has also been found liable in the defamation lawsuit brought by Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Wayandre Shea Moss. The only issue to be determined at the trial is the amount of the damages, if any, Giuliani will have to pay. The woman at the center of a debate over the strict abortion law in Texas has now left the state. ABC's Jim Ryan says Kate Cox of Dallas will cross state lines to terminate her pregnancy. The 31-year-old mother of two was told in the 20th week of her current pregnancy that her fetus has a genetic issue that is almost always fatal. Kate Cox also was told that carrying the baby to term could endanger her life, or at least her ability to have more children in the future. A civil district judge cleared the way for Cox's abortion, but the Texas Supreme Court paused the lower court's ruling. Now the Center for Reproductive Rights, which represented Cox, says she's given up on having the procedure done here in Texas. The group won't say where she's gone. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. Countries moved closer to reaching what critics call the watered-down final deal Monday, avoiding calls from more than 100 countries to phase-out planet-warming fossil fuels as United Nations climate talks in Dubai neared, neared their finish. A new draft released Monday afternoon on what's known as the Global Stock Take, the part of talks that assesses where the world is with its climate goals and how it can reach them called for countries to reduce consumption and production of fossil fuels in a just, orderly, and equitable manner. And a threatened UPS strike has been averted in Kentucky. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Plans for a UPS worker walkout at a hub in Louisville, Kentucky, would have had a crippling effect nationwide. Teamsters union members were prepared to hit the picket line after 35 unionized UPS workers were laid off last week, they say, in apparent retaliation for voting to unionize in October. But it turns out the threat of a strike forced an about-face. UPS reinstated the 35 workers Monday with full back pay averting the strike. Union leaders say they came to an amicable 
resolution after a sit-down with UPS executives. Derek Dennis, ABC News.